0: Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Good greetings, dark followers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Today we watch the 21st episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, part 3, Stardust Crusaders, entitled Judgment, part 1. Or as you like to say, square bracket open, judgment close square bracket exclamation point. Because there's this thing people do when they talk on the internet about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure where they do that Japanese full-width text thing where uh, first... But I don't know how to do that so I just <laughs> type in caps and use square brackets. Uh, I believe the way you do it is actually you uh, go to Google and you type in full-width generator right? and you just copy and paste. Okay. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it covers chapters 174 through 176 of the manga. Oh, that's three chapters. It was actually more like two and three quarters, but we don't want to split hairs here because who can be bothered? Uh, I'm sorry. Are you stifling our listeners' precision of knowledge by... (laughs) (laughs) There was the face. There was the face of... Nick, I will actually murder you. (laughs) So, Nick, thoughts on this episode? I like... Before you answer that... Okay. Let's open this episode with some thoughts from our man, Hirohiko Araki. Okay. (laughs) This is the author's note from volume nine of Judge's Bizarre Adventure. Battle tendency. You know what? I don't believe in aliens. In the past, I've seen a UFO, but I'm pretty sure it was an optical illusion. (laughs) (laughs) And after all, I want to say, so what? But I just read a book from someone named Hiroshi Minami... Uh, sorry. Minamiyama. And, with all the super realistic details, I begin to ask myself if these aliens are really here. Whatever. It amuses me to have my imagination stimulated like this. I'm sorry. He thought a UFO was an optical illusion. What an idiot! Of course, it's a UFO. Yeah, like that's how they work. <laughs> <laughs> they come down, not looking like UFOs, because they're UFOs. And they take your cows. God, does he even own cows? <laughs> Jeez, big city boy. You well, he tell him. How to tell me how I manage my cows? How Hello. I go to oh fuck, what's the name of the to <laughs> go? I go to Rummany Ranch on the night of the first day and stop the aliens from abducting the cows and Malon. Wow, that was a hell of a reference. <laughs> God. Even the Goron King couldn't beat that. The, the Gorons don't have a king. They have a sort of... Weird, patriarchal, sure. brotherly society where, like, the coolest one gets to be the leader and they call him Anarchy. Anarchy? Or Big Bro. Oh. Well, listen can... here, little bro. Okay? You can reach the top if you try hard enough. But you gotta I have some cows. They actually remind me a lot of the sort of way the characters treat each other in Yakuza. Where they're just like, yo, what up, man? Yeah, and the king refers to, in, in Ocarina of Time... um. Runia, the Goron leader, tells Link that the king is his sworn brother, which is like a big Yakuza thing. Oh. Like Nish- Nishiki is Kiryu's oath brother. Oath brother? Yeah, they took their oaths together or whatever. I don't really understand how Yakuza induction works, but everyone has an oath brother. Okay, alright. Until they don't, because that person dies or betrays them, because you know, drama. Yeah, of course. It has to happen. I wonder if the Yakuza... Like, the real Yakuza, are actually... I think it's a Yakuza, drama. but I'm pretty bad at pronouncing Japanese words I've <laughs> learned about how I say Jotaro. I'm pretty sure it would be Yakuza, but, you know, I'm also terrible at pronouncing words. Mm-hmm. So, D-Yakuza, or yakuza You know, I watch those two best friends Let's Play. Yeah? They've started just leaning into it and calling it Yakuza's. Yakuza's? Yeah. Oh, I can't believe we didn't think of that. <laughs> so, anyway, I wonder if, like, the real Yakuza's would, uh... Have much drama in them I don't know there's, a, there's an interesting article It's an interview with Three Yakuza guys Who've been playing the games hmm. Wait yeah I remember this And they're like Yeah it's pretty accurate Yeah you know like These guys They're, they're doing the best For, for the people but, but the the bureaucrats And the cops Keep getting in their way <laughs> You know what this is a good game. I read an article a while back. I'm not. I'm pretty sure it wasn't satire. It was about how, with the advent of drone technology, hmm. um, the Yakuza and the Japanese police have been having the most fun they've had in years as the Yakuza delivered their drugs with drones and the police got bigger drones to try to chase <laughs> them down. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah, that's right. Judgment. Jojo. The song that Kiryu sings in karaoke in Yakuza Zero is called Judgment Shinpan. Ooh. Extra trivia for those listening at home. Listen to it. Watch the video where it suddenly cuts to him and his pal in leather jackets and, like, headbands on, just singing on the stage. See, I only ever remember the bit uh, in the karaoke where he's just completely deadpan looking and just, like, sort of swaying a little, <laughs> and that's oh, it. Oh, before it cuts to the elaborate dream sequence. Exactly. Nick. Yes. We open this episode with a previously on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part three, Stardust Crusaders. They're on that boat. They're heading towards that island. But it's We've des- got to go there and meet that man But it's deserted It looks like a deserted island Who An important man who's important to our quest Okay H- How important? Very Oh Alright Apparently Oh well I mean, I mean, the, mean the later episode seems to undercut his importance a little bit Oh okay well I mean you've just ruined everything now haven't you? <laughs> or have I? A second part is still to come <gasps> Avdol's coming back <laughs> You know, there's some some ambient shots of seabirds and their boats landed on the beach and footprints and they're on this tiny island. And Jojo's like, Well, why have we come to this tiny island? Joseph basically says, There's a man here of great importance, you little shit. Now he says he says he told me to told me to meet him here when we were back in India. Now, Liam, you know who that sounds like. Can't say I do. Can't say that I do. God! fucking j- look and this is a joke that doesn't really translate well I think because after Joseph says this Polnareff sort of leans around his back into a frame and is like what? Indian curry? so I can only assume that sounds vaguely similar to what he said in Japanese right? but I wasn't really listening to the syllables at the time see the way I thought of it was just Polnareff thinking wait India India? what I do I know from India? go for some curry Man, yeah, I could go for some curry does actually. this island have Uber Eats yet? <laughs> There's a helicopter that comes it's like, so sorry, we're later than 20 minutes. I'm so sorry. Mysterious eyes. Mysterious red eyes are watching them from the nearby bushes. (laughs) We cut to the OP. Now, this is very interesting. It's something that's going to be expanded on more in the future episode, but it's been foreshadowed enough that I'm going to be fine mentioning it. Oh, okay. The sequence of a few shots in the OP, I only... Noticed it for the first time when I was sort of facetiously calling out what they were to you as they flashed up. Yeah. Because it goes, rock that features in the sun. Yep. Campsite that features in... The next one with the baby. Yep. Then immediately to a shot of Abdul under the night sky. Which, I mean, at least his physical appearance is definitely going to appear next episode, right? I mean... Based on how this one played out. Yes. But, you know... It could just be Abdol, since we know what's going to happen. Well, I think I know what's going to happen next episode. Nick, have you been spoiling yourself? Well, no. <laughs> I'm just. I'm look. I'm going to make predictions, and you're going to hear my brilliant. Predictions. Okay, we'll get to that in due course. We'll so I think that that's a cool little. Yeah, like, like uh, it's the sequence of the adventure uh, yeah. subtly foreshadowed in the. With Abdol's, you know, not Abdol, but yeah. we'll get to that. Or Abdol, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. It will be because. That's definitely not how the stand works, because we learnt this episode. Yeah. We'll get to that in due course. Ooh. There are these eyes watching them. Mm-hmm. Jojo's like, hey, someone's watching us in the bushes over there. <laughs> Literally just two eyes yeah. peering into their soul. This dude gets up and runs away. He looks vaguely like Avdol. He's got the same sort of... Um, Head, sort of dread all, yeah. kind of things. Of uh, the starts of them. Yeah, yeah. except it's all grey. He's, he's got grey hair, hmm. and he's running away. He's got like, same muscles, same everyone's skin, like, same... That man, he looks almost familiar. Hmm. He runs away, he runs home, he grabs a bowl, he opens his fence, and he stands there feeding his chickens. And he's like, come on now, eat up, Michael and Prince. Oh, be careful there, Lionel. Get nice and fat, and you'll be a tasty chicken. Now let's talk about these chickens. <laughs> these chickens are the most important characters we've met so far. He, okay, so Araki has wasted Michael Jackson... Lionel Richie and Prince on Three Chickens. Now, you say wasted. I'm sorry? I, I say utilised very well. Okay. How so? It's funny. It is very funny, actually. <laughs> that is true. But at the same time, Michael Jackson! I mean, you are not to just going to have a character rock up and be like, Hey, I'm Michael Jackson. Wink. And then he's a stand user. I mean, it could be. I mean, we've had Enya. We've had... That's fair. Uh, we've had... You make a good point. We've had Lisa, Lisa. We've had Lisa, Lisa. We have had uh, Cars. That's a band, though. It's different. True, true. That's fair. But we've had Wham. I mean, Wham. Wham? (coughs) Nick. Stop trolling me. It's Wham, man. They're a good band. It's a good group. Wham. Polnareff, of course. Polnareff, yep. Uh, We've had, I mean, Joseph. Who could forget Joseph? This podcast is slowly devolving into some sort of subtle psycho, psycho, psychological. psychological war. <laughs> Where every time one of us talks, it's like, if you fucking dare. There's this character Sweet. in, a side quest character in Yakuza of Zero called uh, Miracle Johnson. Miracle Johnson? Yeah, he's just Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Miracle Johnson sound like a globetrotter, though? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. One of them is like Miracle something, isn't it? I think so. Miracle something. Or you we thinking of Michael Jordan? <laughs> Maybe it is just Michael <laughs> Jordan. Hey, it's Miracle Jordan here guys. Are you ready to play some killer people game? <laughs> <laughs> and then just the Globetrotter whistle starts happening. It's like, I was always more of a fan of the Washington Generals. Oh. Not really. No, no one likes them. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone likes them. <laughs> anyway, so we've got this guy who he's looks feeding like feeding these doll. chickens. Yeah. And Joseph is like, "Hold on. I'm going to go talk to him. You guys stay here." And he goes, "Hey, I'm Joseph. Uh, I'm making my way to Egypt." It's uh, kind of urgent, but I thought I'd come off and speak with you. No. No. Go away. I won't hear it. No one comes to me with good news. Only when something bad happens. And I don't want it. And he runs away and hides in his house. Is this when he turns around? Yeah, and he looks just like (gasps) Avdol. Except he's got a mad soul patch. Yeah. Just right on the chin. And Joseph is like, that's right. That's Avdol's father. Oh, so it's not Avdol. Avdol's unnamed father. Oh, well... Abdol Senior. Abdol the <sighs> first. I mean, look, look. I was close with my prediction that Abdol was going to show up. This close, this close. It was just Abdol's dad. Joseph says he didn't tell them that they were coming here to meet Abdol's father and apologize for his death, because if Dio found out that they were doing that, then his precious peace on this lonely, deserted island would be disrupted. He's retired to this deserted island because he basically hates the world. Fair, fair. There's a few reasons to hate the world, so mm-hmm. you know. Telling him about Avdol's death won't be easy. Flashback, sad music. Avdol gets shot in the head and stabbed in the back. He dies. What? No! Polnareff sweats in the present. <laughs> Polnareff perspirates. Yeah. Joseph's like, oh, it's not your fault and... Polnareff says, yes, it is. It's all my fault. I have to bear this responsibility. This is the episode all about how Polnareff's quest for revenge has not had a satisfying conclusion for him because it hasn't brought back his sister and he lost the life of one of his friends. As opposed to the other episode that dealt with the ramifications of his quest, Justice, which is all about how, by seeking revenge, you just create more people who want to seek revenge. I agree. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, a genie. Yes. So, you know... Kakuin and Joseph talk about how Avdol's father is a stand user, but they don't know what sort of stand he has. Ooh. Ooh. It's hard to imagine he'll help us after Abdol died, but Joseph's going to go talk to him anyway. And this is a great shot because Polaref is still, you know, having a bit of a moment mm-hmm. and we get a shot of him sort of in profile. And as he is walking out of the frame, the camera zooms in really close on Jojo's face, who was just in the background before. <laughs> Literally, it's like, it sticks on... Jojo is, like, barely in frame over Polareff's shoulder. Oh, no, he's behind Polareff. Yeah. We don't even see him. Oh, and and he's huge. We see the the shape (laughs) of him. We see him, don't (laughs) worry. (laughs) And And as Polareff moves out, it just goes onto his face. And he's not doing or saying anything. He's just there. It's (laughs) just like... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like sea turtles. (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's, some, there's some coconuts over there mm-hmm. Yeah I think maybe they're not coconuts. Where do I leave my coffee cup? I like my coat I do like my coat Yeah i, like I got a new hit. one It's from Abu Dhabi Or wherever the hell it was When we bought it It's custom made Feels nice Yeah Made of real silk mm-hmm. Yeah they probably Wouldn't allow this back At the school But I'll, I'll beat up Whoever <laughs> tries to stop me We've got a cool chain mm-hmm. Yeah, like G- It goes jingle jangle When I walk <laughs> That means that people Can hear me coming Clinky clink That's my sound That means I won't get lost Or eat any birds <laughs> I won't lose myself. <laughs> anyway. Not oddly metaphysical there. Yeah. It's sunset. We get a shot of the setting sun. And as we were watching this, Nick was like, oh, it's mid-afternoon. <laughs> I just love that you immediately go, oh, fuck off with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's sunset. It's sunset. And I'm like, excellent. Mid-afternoon. Excellent. 2pm. <laughs> it's uh, just time for lunch. Polareff is sitting on a rock on the beach, staring out at the ocean, being like, I let Abdul die. There's no getting around this. I'm never going to be able to make it up to his father. He'll never accept me. uh, All I wanted was some kind of, like, retribution mixed with, you know, resurrection of my sister. And all I got Uh, was- All I wanted was all my dreams to come true in the act of killing a man. And now all I've got is a dead buddy. Dead friend. And a fucking two other assholes. (laughs) You're going to carry that weight. Ugh, The worst. It's depressing. Yeah, it's a bit sad, isn't it? Yeah. But then he sees on the beach, in the sand, a small, like... Gold oil lamp. Yeah. Covered in barnacles. Of course, you've got to have barnacles. Yeah. He's like, oh, that wash up from a sunken ship or something, maybe? That seems reasonable. Huh. It's gold, but it's all barnacle encrusted. And so he picks it up. Breaks off a couple of barnacles and, oh, there's a creepy face carved into it. That's not really that creepy. It it looks vaguely lion-esque. Oh, I'd say it's creepy. It looks like a vampire with tusks. That's also a wall This hole. is like a real interesting Rorschach test. <laughs> like, what do you see in the creepy face look? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, I'll rub these barnacles off and show it to Joseph. Maybe it's valuable. So he starts rubbing on it. And then... Poof! Yeah, the, the mouth, essentially, of the lamp? What would you call that? The uh, small hole at the... Stem. The bit genies them. come out of. Yeah, the bit the fucking <laughs> genies come out of. Starts glowing and there's a puff of pink smoke and the, the visual sound effects tells us it says kaboom. <laughs> and then, <gasps> what is that? Nothing it, happened. It's It's gone. There was a being that's just gone. Polnareff was like, oh, did air, the air that was trapped inside burst out when I rubbed it? That must be it. It's not Aladdin's magic lamp. Oh, Polnareff. Oh, how, Polnareff. How wrong you were. And then there's this guy looming behind him. He looks like a stand, and he's got yep. pink fog from the waist down. Uh, he looks like a dope robot. <laughs> yep, um, <but laughs> he's got those there's... robot, those three pincer robot hands. Yeah, it's like a construction robot from like the future. a crane sort of. Yeah, or yeah. like a claw machine from an arcade, or like a tri- like this on this tripod that we have here, like a tripod, like a tri- his hand basically looks yeah. like a, a tripod. Three. You get three. Tell me three things you desire. And Polnareff is like, what the fuck? <laughs> My name's Cameo. Thank you for freeing me from the lamp. Now, Cameo. 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 Delightful. D- nice idea. of Araki to give a hip-hop group a cameo in this episode. The psychological game. <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate, Ballantine. <laughs> How can I one-up his pun? <laughs> it's like American Psycho, but with puns. It's like, he made it so effortlessly. Oh, but only the, the hand. The hand? The word, the invisible hand of the free market. So Cameo is like this '80s kind of R&B group. Yeah, I hadn't heard of them prior to doing the research, but I have. Oh, have I just? So they made uh, "Candy," which I watched the video of before we did this. It's definitely not about literal candy. I want candy. It's also not that song. No, it's not that song (laughs) at all. It's all like candy, but it's weird. The song that I do know from them is, I think it's called "Hold Up." No, that wasn't it. I can't. Hang on. Let me just get it out right now for the lovely audience. Gross. Hey, word up. Word up. Word up. Word up. Uh, it's a cool tune. It's about the word up. Well, you're <laughs> not far off. I can tell you that. Um, I think it's sort of like you got to be cool to stay in school. That sort of vibe. Nick, I, I, I hate this. That that sort of vibe is what I got <laughs> from it, right? Where it was like, you know what? Don't be a chump. Be a lump. I'm, I don't know. I don't know what you do. Do I ch- want a podcast about you trying to explain hip-hop, or do I never want to hear it again? Look, it was an 80s hip-hop group that was, you know, not as cool now as it was back then. Polnareff summons Silver Chariot and is immediately like, you're clearly a Stan Nooser, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so he tries, but cameo's too fast and strong. Yeah, like He's, those sweet he's pretty good, says Polnareff. And I immediately went, ah. Oh. Oh, metal Gear Solid reference, says Nick. You're pretty good. <laughs> first thing he does he's like, where's your stand user? And Cameo's like, is that your first wish? It's kind of boring for a wish. Hey man, don't fucking diss on my wishes, yeah. alright? I know what I fucking wished for. What, you are gonna grant wishes? Can you make me super rich? Is that your first wish? Fucking, okay, shut up. Do it, you fucking hunk of metal. All right. Essentially, yeah. yeah. He says, so Cameo starts glowing in... Light and fog and... It's like rainbow light with pink smoke. The same pink smoke that came out of the lantern, if you How ironic. Yeah. No one (laughs) would have expected that. And the words... He says the words and they appear on screen. Hail to you. But it's hail, all caps, number two, letter U. Now, I don't know what that's actually referencing, but... It's just a thing he says. And also, for some reason, English translation words... Above it, appeared in brackets, saying something like, good fortune to you. <laughs> is not what he was saying. He was definitely saying, kaboom. That's all it was. And then he vanishes. What, he just goes away? In you know, a puff of smoke. Oh. As quickly as he appeared. Oh, well that's convenient. The end. Uh, well, that's the end of the episode, guys. Connoreff's like, what a strange guy. Oh, well, he didn't attack me, but I should probably be cautious. Better tell Mr. Joster. Do, 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 to be continued alright yep it might have something to do with Abdul's father mm. Ooh, true so as he's walking away I think he throws the lantern away yeah he throws the lantern back yeah. and it makes like a clinking sound yeah but too much clinking sound for just something hitting the ground mm, it's like at, a- it sounds and it is coins just like jingling down a surface yeah and polonoff is like oh that's weird I hear a metal sound yeah. we should go take a look at that so he does First thing we see is two big swords sticking out of the ground and the camera pans down to reveal a big old pile of gold. (gasps) Oh, doubloons! Well, not quite. Mm, Don't think so. So apparently... Polareff tells us. They are from the Napoleonic era. Yeah, and they're the real thing. Which you'd think he would know being French. Would he? I don't know if he has an appraiser's eye, but maybe he went to university for this sort of thing. Maybe he's an archaeologist. Just go with it. it. (laughs) What is Polareff's job? Mercenary? Uh, Uh... Revenge quest. Uh, Lady man. Unemployed. Slumdog. Billionaire. Hobo. Playboy. Anyway. Street fighter. (gasps) He's the king of fighters. That's what he does. So he's... Polnareff is like, this is interesting. Yeah, because it just appeared here. Yeah, he wouldn't have had time to have buried it after he heard my wish. And the fact that he could bury it here of all places. Well, that doesn't make any sense. No. Then the camera pans back and cameos in the palm tree being like, hey man... What's your second wish? He's sort of like in that. Hey, bro, how you going? Like that sort of mentor pose, just looking f- from over the top of a palm tree's leaves. Yeah. F again immediately gets aggressive. He's like if you're at if you're at your my uh, yep, 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 Yep. Superb. <laughs> <laughs> if you're my enemy, act like it and fight me. Is that your second wish? Ugh. I mean, just this guy, one-track mind. <laughs> He's trying to grant me these wishes. I don't want wishes. No. I just want my. <gasps> if wishes were fishes. I know what I want. <laughs> make me. A manga artist. Not a shitty one. I want to be bigger than Disney. I want to make Polnareff Land. And then everyone will come by... Hang on, no way. No, that's that's no no good idea. I mean, to be fair, it was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, if Polnareff Land existed... I'd go. You'd go see, like, the people dressed up as Silver Chariot. You would see uh, all the wax figures of Polnareff's hair. Oh, yes. Polnareff throughout the ages. Little baby Polnareff. Small boy Polnareff. Each one of them with a new girl. There'd be a ride based on the crusade. Ooh, true. And then after, hopefully. Assuming he lives. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, who knows? What if Polnareff doesn't live through... It's a good thing he didn't make that wish, because as we learn later on, that's not really how the genie works. Yeah, no, it's not really, know. <laughs> Unless it made Polnareff land. Yeah, but he specifically asked to be a manga artist. Yeah. Now, we'll see. The we'll see. unseen stand user breathes a sigh of relief when he changes his mind. <laughs> oh, dear. Wait, no, give me a girlfriend. A girlfriend? Yeah, more than wealth and fame, I want love. I want to meet a girl who feels the same way I do, and I want our relationship to be bound by the red string of fate. Okay, a girl, eh? No, wait. Gasp. (laughs) Realisation. Then it gets real fucking dark. His eyes narrow. It's night (laughs) time (laughs) now. Make me. Can you bring someone back from the dead? Is knowing the answer to that question your second wish? For fuck's sake. Fuck you, cameo. (laughs) Look, I'm trying to make an actual wish here. Yeah. And now you're being all like, oh, is that the answer to the question? Can you just not, can you just give me something for once? Just work with me here? Just don't be a fucking philosophy lecturer, okay? Just, look, can you bring back from the dead my dead sister? And Avdol. And Avdol. My friend who I got killed through my selfishness. Can you do that? Because that feels like something you could do if you can make the Napoleonic-era gold coins (laughs) with absolutely no catch whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. But that'll cost you two of your precious three wishes, Polnareff. What? But I only made one wish. No. Sister and (gasps) Avdol. My god, the logic. Gosh. Hail to you, boom. Oh, there's no one here. Oh, that's weird. Well, no. And then he hears a crying sound. No, first he hears the sound of Earth moving. That's right. Yeah. As if someone's digging. Yeah, and he moves into these thick, rustling plants. Which aren't, they're not... like, high grass, but they no, basically serve the same function. Like, a lot of ferns, basically. A lot of thick leaves. Yeah. Not even leaves. Like, giant... To me, they look like cacti, know. but not spiky. I don't know. They feel, they feel like palm leaves, but thicker. Yeah. And I not don't know even... enough about tropical plants. Oh, God. If only we studied botany! Yeah. So he moves through this undergrowth, undergrowth, underbrush, undergrowth, undergrowth. Yep. And he sees a chasm in the dirt, roughly the size and sh- uh, depth and shape of a a person, yeah, a human roughly, person. Yeah. And there are footsteps nearby. That's weird. Leaning. Weird that the footsteps are in the apparently solid ground. And also, there's Bare only there's only one set. Yeah. That's odd. Is it? Well, yeah, because if someone had come to dig up a oh, hole, oh right. yeah, that is unusual. Come and then leave, but that's not. And he hears feminine sobbing. <laughs> I'm sorry, he hears feminine. Yeah, sobbing. he's like that's a girl crying. Yeah, but I was just thinking, feminine sobbing is more. That's like... my new band name. <laughs> hey man, we're uh, feminine sobbing our first. Oh, so in that hole he found a long. Well, he found a hair, and he was like, a woman's hair. <laughs> I can tell with my polar ref vision. A feminine hair. Yeah. That's my bad name, Feminine Hair. at doke. Okay, okay. uh, so he goes to investigate. Yeah, this sobbing. And then he sees this silhouette in the moonlight. Well, in the, no, the moon's behind a cloud at the moment. But He sees someone. Yeah. And he's like, it can't be. There's no way. It's that man. Oh. No. <laughs> You're buried back home in France. I probably buried you myself, because that's the sort of thing I would do. I am a Polnareff man. Yeah. Who are you? And she's like, don't come near me. I'm in pain. My body's not complete. That's not how she talks. She's being very sad. <laughs> For my money, this whole sequence is possibly the scariest JoJo has ever is. It's a bit disturbing. It's all very suspenseful. I, w- I was just going to say, anything that involves like some kind of intimate connection with someone else, you just like... Someone else uh, who isn't showing you their face. Yeah. And has just been brought back from the dead. Yeah. And you know there's going to be a stand battle. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bit Gone Girl-esque where you're just like, hey... Kind of gone Girl. Oh, uh, basically just the girl is like, hey, I'm just going to make some allegations against you. And the whole movie is just that. Or the whole book is that. And it's just about who says what and what's real and stuff like that. Right. But it's basically just this girl that's like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, force you to be mm-hmm. sad. Okay. And if you're not sad, then um, I- I'm just going to go to the police. And it's all like, this is fucking terrifying. And what does that have to do with this? Well, in the sense that it's like, hey... I love my sister. And then it's like, hey, I, I'm your sister. I'm definitely your sister. I'm not a trap. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I'm not made of dirt. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Where it's like, hey, this is a bit weird that, you know, it's someone that you're really close to. But it's not quite right. But it's not quite right. And you're like. Ugh, this, uh. So he hears her voice and starts crying in happiness. Her name's Sherry and he explains it. And he's like, Sherry. Back at the boat. The other guys are like, where's Polareff? And then we get the best shot. Of this entire episode. J- Joseph and Kakyoin in the foreground and the boat's behind them. And then, essentially from the deck of the boat, but it looks like he's just, like, flying and landing. Joseph, a Jotaro hops up from out of frame and lands in a really cool pose and is like, yeah, he's not up there either. <laughs> it's just like, when Polnareff isn't around, all the other characters should be asking, where's Polnareff? <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell's Polnareff? Well, he's definitely not on the boat, guys. Let me just come down this 20, like, foot jump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm tough. Check it out, done. I didn't even sprain my ankle. Not it's Avdol, like... Cuckooing. It's like, um... What's his name? Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings, where he gets off the horse and he just goes, mm, as he lands, because he shattered his, like, foot. Oh. Or something. I thought he shattered his foot, kicking, his kicking that, um... Kicking that helmet. Oh, that as well. Don't <laughs> worry. He's a method actor. He doesn't half-ass it. But I just love that... Don't mess with method. I just love that when he lands, he, you hear it. You just hear this... Mm. We had a lot of ads about meth on Crunchyroll today. Speaking we did, didn't of method. Talking of method acting. <laughs> they were very Intense. Intense. Very sort of depressing. They, they brought down the mood a lot from the the you know Bizarre Adventure. The Bizarre Adventure, which had some pathos but was still, you know, a bit of a rump. More terrifying than uh depressing, I would say. Because, you know, when you see your sister for the first time in a long time, and then it's like, don't, don't You're do Your dead a poem. sister. Yeah, your dead sister. It's just like, don't, don't do it, This is not good. Not good. No. Speaking of which, some birds fly away, and then Sherry starts moving off and being like, don't follow me. Uh. Why? Why shouldn't I follow you, girl? And she's running away, and there's this music with, with a lot of high feminine singing. It sounds like the, the boss music from Quelag's Domain in Dark Souls. <laughs> like that. Kind of. Except. Better. Yeah, a lot better. <laughs> I'm being very mean to you this episode, I'm sorry. Oh, i mean! <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh so she, he's like, oh, let me see your face one last time, and then he has some flashbacks. And it's basically it's weird, l- like... little Sherry, uh, like, playing with her brother, like, pick me up. Now, did you notice what I noticed regarding Polnareff's arms? No. They are meaty, like... Child Polnareff. Yeah, they We're haven't changed. seen it from his perspective. They haven't changed at <laughs> all. Like, they're just these giant logs of arms. Because it's like, pick me up, Polnareff. Okay. Massive maybe, muscles. Maybe their age difference is such that even though she was a little girl in that flashback, he had just hit puberty. So he turned uh, into like a uh, six foot tall behemoth. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. He's gone from uh, Smokey to Smoke-O. You know, you could have pulled from any of the real existing characters who are super buff in this for that comparison. Like Smokey when he goes into government. Yeah. <laughs> How he's just actually a buff dude. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he uh yeah, those arms are meaty. Yeah. And then that's m- what I got from that secret. That cuts to him giving her a new umbrella and she's like, Ooh. Thanks, I'm heading off now. And I can only presume that's the last time he saw her alive. Because the next shot. It's so the umbrella hitting the ground, it's raining. She's dead. dead. Centerfold is presumably there, doing terrible things. (gasps) Oh no! He's running. He's screaming after her, and then he's like, a dead bird. It looks like it's been bitten apart. R.I.P. Oh no! That's one dead bird. Polnareff, look at the signs, man. Yeah, there's a lot of red flags going on here. This isn't a dream. (laughs) We know how you already deal with dreams. Not well. Like an idiot. (laughs) He's like, why are you running? It's me. I'm great. I'm Polareff. And she's all, oh, I'm covered in dirt and my hair's all scraggly. I don't care. It's you. I love you, etc. Now the moon comes out at this point mm-hmm. and she's standing in the, cre- the second creepiest way someone can have this conversation, which is that she's in like perfect profile. Yeah. The f- the-, the creepiest way is back turned to you the whole time. Or like in The Simpsons where it's like, oh, Marge with her... Back turn to Homer in the acid dream, <laughs> and then he runs around, but it's just her hair the yeah. whole time. I mean, given she has a down hairstyle, that would be pretty creepy, and like would be... the way a lot of Japanese horror girls have oh, yeah. that creepy face hair. Yeah. Ew. But basically, well, it looks it'd like... Be like Cousin It. Cousin It. From the Addams family, the one who's just hair. Oh, right, yeah. Come on, Nick. Hey, man, it's been a while since I watched the Addams <laughs> family. It's no excuse. They had this whole exchange where she's like, no. Don't come near me. He's like, why? You'll hate me. I I never said I hated you. I've never said that. Yes, you did. When I was a little kid, I gave your tropical fish to our cat and you got angry and said you hated me. Well, I mean, that's true. Fair's fair. Dick move. Yeah. But at the same time, we were kids. Yeah. I was angry, but I always still loved you. Really? You'll always love me no matter what I do? Red flag. (laughs) Uh, Polnareff, again... Fucking, did did we not see the birds? Get your sword man out, run away, anything. Did we anything. not see the dirt pile? <laughs> always, I've always missed you. I see, I feel the same. Look this way, show me your face. She starts sobbing again, he's like, why are you sad? No, I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm happy because I can eat you, brother. <laughs> <And> <laughs> she turns around and she's got this big, turns around and she's got this big, uh, Red eye thing. Welt on the right side of her face. Yeah. Instead of an eye. And she, she lunges at him and bites his neck and the big chunk of blood comes out. Then it looks like she sticks her hand in the wound. Yeah, to drink it. No, not like Dio. Oh, okay, just to, never mind. Just to hurt him, I guess. Or just, you know, really put salt in the wound. Polar f- f- freaks out, understandably. I mean, to yeah, be fair... Yeah, she had a big handful of salt and then she put it in the wound <laughs> that she made with her mouth. Well, I mean... This she had had some, seasoned it up nicely. She had some dirt and was like, this'll do. Now I, And then she made a wish and the dirt turned to salt. <laughs> Thanks, judgement. <laughs> Chariot slashes back at her, but she's too fast. She, like, basically does, like, a leaping somersault off into the woods. And Polnareff is just there, like, what Sorry, my body's not complete yet. But if I eat your flesh, I'll return to normal. That's okay, right? You always did what I asked, brother. Ew. Ew. Polnareff is lying on the ground at this stage. He's he's not bleeding out. He's clutching his neck, but, like, this sucks. He calls for Cameo, and Cameo appears sitting really casually on the branch of a tree. Like, lying there in a playboy pose. Cameo, what? Can you, uh, like, you know, maybe, possibly do me a favour? Oh, what, you've got a complaint about the wishes I granted you? (sighs) Look, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I only grant wishes. I'm ostensibly a genie. The rest is up to you. Well, look, I've made up my third wish. Alright, let's hear it. I need you. Flashbacks. Young Sherry. Crying Sherry. Dead Sherry. I need you to get rid of Sherry. Make her disappear. <laughs> Look, we need to talk about Sherry. You need to fucking... She's become a problem. You need to ice that bitch, okay? You need to put that on the down low. Yep. Make her disappear, return her to the earth. Just, you know, she'd go back to France, whatever, do Dramatic that shot of the moon. Where it's, like, eclipsing for some... Or it's, like... It's, you know, crescent, Light it's out. a crescent moon. Yeah, it's a crescent moon. There and he's is. like... Don't think I'm going to be doing that, mate. What? Why the fuck not, you asshole? Um, duh, because I'm a stand. That tracks. That tracks. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that makes it. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. That I that mean, you do so look so like yeah. some sort of psychic robot. So yeah, I mean, yeah. normal genies don't. I mean, that to was my first games. instinct. So I'm on the record for yeah, that. Um, at least, at least I had some yeah. good stuff for just, the first. Part I just really like that Napoleonic era gold. Made me drop my guard a bit. I wonder if that's still there. Yeah, I wonder if I can <laughs> sort of cash out on this whole quest if I survive this ordeal. We can just get surgery for her. You know, it'll be fine. We can, we can buy some people she can eat. We have the technology. The Speedwagon Foundation will help, I'm sure. <laughs> They're just like, so this is... Well, what, you want us to help out a friend of Mr. Joestar? Help him revive his dead sister at the cost of the lives of hundreds of others? Yeah, alright. <laughs> we got this. I mean, if Mr. Joestar wants it, sure. We're indebted to him for yeah. some reason. He beat up some vampires who wanted to eat hundreds of people to sustain their own lives a while back. So, you know, we'll do anything. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm the yeah. stand that suggests the judgment card. <gasps> My power is that I can grant wishes from the hearts of people and give them form from dirt. Can you elaborate on that just a bit? You made Sherry from your own heart and I can't unmake anything that you've made. Okay. So what, what he's you're like, saying is... This is the end of the episode, so let's just... Oh, sorry. Oh. You were saying that. <laughs> it's just like, so that means that bitch is going to keep on killing me. Pretty much, yeah. So... I, I win this battle, Polnareff. And by the way, don't forget, you already made your third wish. (gasps) Gasp. No. What did I wish again? To be continued. Yeah. But before we uh, move into the denouement of the Jojo's World episode. The what? Denouement. What is the denouement? It's like the down... It's after the rising action and the climax, you have the denouement. Oh. So like the resolution. Yeah. The going back down into yeah The the denouement. Yeah. There you go. It's like the pyramoie of storytelling. You know the pyramoie? No. (laughs) Celery. Carrot onion. What? Yeah, it's piramoire. What is it? Is it food? No, it's a it's a cooking staple. Um, it's basically where you have to combine So yes, it's food. it's food. Yeah, it's food, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tarot time. Judgment. I have, I have nothing to say apart from yes. <laughs> Judgment is the 20th card of the major arcana of the tarot. Oh, I knew that because it was on the card. Good for you. <laughs> 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 that face of yeah, alright. No. <laughs> You're doing what at uni? <laughs> Tarot. It signifies judgment, funnily enough. Oh. Rebirth. Oh. Inner calling. Uh, yeah. Manga artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and absolution. Polnareff E.g. E. feeling cleansed and refreshed, releasing guilts and sorrows, or forgiving yourself and others, absor- atoning for past mistakes, and feeling your sins washed away, which is huh. really everything Polnareff's doing in this yeah. episode. So basically, this is going to be the arc where Polnareff kind of gets that maybe he's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's him coming to terms with... Okay. ...with the fact that revenge doesn't solve everything. So not at all to do with coming to terms with anything so no, much as... No, yeah, yeah. I, okay, mean, I mean, not coming to terms... Not so much, oh, everything's okay now, just... I need to to the fact that my irresponsible actions... Killed people. Yeah, and yeah. that by killing Xenifold, I haven't really made the world any better or found any sort of inner peace wondering if Polnareff is actually gonna continue on in the second part because if he wraps up his whole thing then he can just go on back home I mean he's I I dare say he's probably in for killing Dio okay you know he wants you know I think I think they had a conversation along these lines just a little bit of revenge in the aftermath of like the actual fight they did yeah and 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 we remember when Xenafold showed up and he was like I don't care about Dio I just want revenge yeah and then through working his way through that arc he was like Hey, we all need to be good friends now. Let's get to Egypt and kill Dio. True. He does like friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Judgment is opposed by death, signifying death and endings, Mm -hmm. and reinforced by the full, signifying rebirth and new starts. Good thing we don't get any of them. And justice, deciding, accepting past mistakes and actions. Ooh. Now let's talk a bit about the the symbology of justice. Okay. I want to say it symbolizes something to do with... Sorry, judgment I meant, not justice. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Judgment comes in two forms. The hurtful kind says, What you did is wrong, and you are bad and worthless for having done it, Polnareff. (laughs) This type of judgment separates and leaves no room for redemption. It is possible to judge without condemning. We assess the matter, weigh all sides, and try to discern the truth. We we recognise the need to choose and hope for the courage to do so wisely, but without blame. In readings, card 20 can be a reminder that judgments are necessary. Sometimes you must decide. At such moments, it is best to consider the matter carefully and then commit yourself without censure. If you are being judged yourself, learn from the process. Take what is of value, correct what needs correcting, but never lose sight of your worth. Kill the dead sister. Kill the Batman. (laughs) Card 20 also stands for the feelings that come with salvation. When the angel calls, you are reborn, cleansed of all guilts and burdens. The past and its mistakes are behind you and you are ready to begin anew. You may even feel a calling, a personal conviction of what you are meant to do. <gasps> and this is coming back to that conversation that we had about Polnareff and his sort of life's purpose. Like, now that I've achieved revenge... What do I do? Yeah. i That was my whole being. I Judgment have... can show you that renewal is at hand. Renewal? Renewal. Hmm. So maybe we'll get a new revitalized Polnareff. Yeah, maybe he'll be like, hey guys, I'm Polnareff. I'm young now. Huh. Yeah. Let's <laughs> all go out for ping pong. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, Polnareff tries to play ping pong. So the Jojo Valet note for Judgment is mm-hmm. as follows. The design was influenced by Mr. Shotaro Ishinomori's Carmen Rider and Kikaida. Hey! Of course, its ability was based off the story of Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. Of course. And wishes gone wrong are a fairly ubiquitous aspect of storytelling, and yep. something that has been plumbed in horror movies, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, there's the Leprechaun franchise. <laughs> hey, boy, do you want to make a wish? He has this magic coin, if I recall correctly, that he covets. But then people steal the coin and then make wishes with it. And the the wishes go wrong and kill them. Oh, interesting. Or is that a different franchise? I don't know. I don't I, know. I've never heard of Leprechaun, but it sounds like okay. a film I'd well, enjoy. Well, there's Leprechaun, Leprechaun 2. Uh-huh. I want to say Leprechaun 3 is Leprechaun in Space. Uh, Then there's Lep, Lep 4, Lep in the Hood. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> well, goes to the hood and wraps, and then I think there's leprechaun in the hood 2 Wait, it was successful enough that it got in the hood 2 I mean, these are B B movie horror movies, so oh, so they're kind of not really horror movies. I mean, they're horror movies, but they aren't good. Good? <laughs> they're just cheap to make. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because I was just thinking, let me look up how many leprechaun movies there are. If there was um enough leprechaun movies that in the hood two was a thing, pretty sure it is and it had, like, a high budget, Right. I'd be concerned. Oh my god, it's actually real. It's not even, like, a joke film. It's just... It's Warwick Davis as the Leprechaun. It's Jennifer Aniston! Okay. Is there a wishing aspect to this, or am I misremembering that? No, he definitely wants his gold back. Okay. That, that tracks for a Leprechaun. Has he got any lucky charms? Okay. Leprechaun 3 begins with the Leprechaun having been changed into a statue by a magical medallion, being sold to a Las Vegas pawn shop. Assuming his relig- uh, original form, when the clerk removes one of the removes the medallion, the leprechaun kills him and goes on a rampage through Las Vegas in search of one of his wish-granting coins. What uh, leprechaun four in space? He abducts and begins courting the snobbish princess. A- snobish alien princess, Zarina. So the snobbish princess. Uh, snobbish. Snobbish. Yeah. Right. Then uh, leprechaun in the hood is set in Compton. Of course, ice it is. Ice tea is in it. What ice tea is in it? Yeah. He uses the leprechaun's mind-controlling magic flute to become a successful music producer. And then leprechaun uh, back to the hood with a two. Oh, no. As in hail to you. Oh, no. Okay, so wish is not as big an aspect of this branch as as I remember, but still an aspect. And, of course, genies and malicious genies are a staple of folklore and popular culture. Oh, my yes! And the fae. Yep, got to watch out for the fae. Oh, man. Can't trust them. Hey, man, can I have this thing? Yeah, sure. Just Just don't eat my food or you'll be trapped here forever. But I'm really hungry. What? But I can I eat the food? It's like again, you'll be trapped here forever. Yeah, I mean, you, you can. I mean, I'll be I'll be grateful for the company. It's like, hey man, um, you got any like breathable air over there? Oh yeah, but um, it'll be ironic because the air is fire. Yeah, but I mean, I can breathe it, right? It's like yeah, but the air, the air is fire. Anywho, Nick, highlights and lowlights for this episode. Oh, I I want to say the highlight would be just fucking the weird and terrifying. Build up with Sherry. That is a great moment. Like. It's very atmospheric. Yeah. It's visceral. And it works. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're like, oh no. I Polnareff. know that something bad is going to be on the other side of her face. Pretty much. But I don't know what it is, and that's the scariest part. <laughs> it could be anything. Especially since we're on a deserted island heading to Egypt to fight a vampire after we've murdered some ladies and dudes who have Aztec- all had magical powers. Indian- Aztec gods. Weird, man. It's a bizarre adventure. <laughs> My highlight is Polnareff land. <laughs> Polnareff land just that one shot of him in his dream sequence with his arms outstretched with a Disney-esque castle behind him he's always wanted to be among us yeah he talks about it all the time yeah wait no hang on no, lowlights um hmm low light. hail to you is also a good thing oh it's amazing <laughs> I want to say the lowlight has to be the fact that we don't actually see Abdul's dad apart from like five seconds yeah. of stuff and I'm gonna say the lowlight is that it cuts off much earlier than I remember Yeah, well, I mean, that works, though, because you knew that it was going to be like a cliffhanger. Yeah, but I thought it was substantially later. Oh, okay. Alrighty. I think the moment I'm thinking of must be for an ad break halfway through next episode. Oh, okay. And then it gets fucking real. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So, Nick. Yeah, what? We're at the first half of a two-part story. Uh Uh-huh. I so I want to ask you, yeah. what do you think is going to happen next time on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3, Stardust Crusaders, in the episode entitled... Where is this going? Judgment, Part 2. Oh. Um, well, so let's take stock. After dad. Ador's dad. Which uh, is a bit disappointing, but you know, you mm-hmm. know, it's fine. It's fine. Cameo. Cameo. A.K.A. Judgment. Uh, Zambo Sherry. Yep, Zambini. Uh, Zombalicious. I don't know if I should say that if she's the one eating Polnareff, but, you know. She's eating Polnareff. She's had a big old chunk ripped out of his neck. But let's be honest, the gang suffered worse flesh wounds and been fine. (laughs) Yes. I mean, Jotaro literally survived being set on fire. No, that was only his coat, weren't you, watching? (laughs) (laughs) He survived the Inferno by running away. Classic. Um, hmm. I wonder. I wonder I wonder. Okay, so first thing that's going to happen is that Cameo's going to bring back Abdul. Yeah, that seems to be pretty sh- pretty foreshadowed. Which means... Now, we say bring back, though, but as we discussed, these are just manifestations of dirt. And we don't know if there's mm. any real soul in them or anything. Well, I reckon, I reckon, here's the catch. I reckon Abdul's coming back, right? As I have stated, how many times now? Well, let's see, how many episodes of this <laughs> podcast has it been since he uh, died? Uh, uh 10, maybe? Mm, 15-ish? Maybe 20? No. Possibly 30? No. 40? No. 80? We haven't done that many. I reckon 100. It's been 100 episodes. Easy. (laughs) It's so easy to get me so angry. (laughs) All I have to do is just increase numbers and then you're like, (laughs) Nick, I get it. There are infinitely many numbers. Yeah. No, I reckon what's going to happen Have you seen that? I think it's a wise kids you know sketch. Possibly Mr. Show. It's just a bunch of mobsters sitting around like a a pizza shop they own talking about how 24 is the highest number. (laughs) What? It's pretty good. Alright, you need to send me that. Yep, we'll do. Yeah, so I reckon what's happened is if judgment works off what's in Polnareff's heart, yep, Avdol is still alive to Polnareff. Ah, oh, he still kept the memory of him exactly. alive in his heart. Exactly. then why not Sherry? Because he knew that Sherry was dead and he'd accepted that already. So she came back as dead Sherry, but... She, she came back sort of warped by the vengeance that had consumed his heart. Exactly. She was uh, no longer Sherry, she was the hatred that he felt towards Centiphal. Oh, that's poetic. And it is poetic. It's like Silent Hill-esque. You know, that's not really the first thing I pull when we're talking about poetic, <laughs> but okay. Well, man, you know, Pyramid Head is just the manifestation of what's-her-face's anger, so I mean... Yeah, and he's got a big knife. And he's got a big-ass fucking blade that just fucking... Anywho. Like, doesn't cut so much as hits. So I reckon Abdol's gonna come back perfectly fine, because Abdol's still like... Be like, know, hey guys, I'm Abdol. Yeah, and be like, yo, what up? It's like, why isn't he... A zombie. It's like, because I'm pure of heart, didn't you know? Did... <laughs> God fucking damn it. It's like deep down he was like, you know, I never really accepted his death. So Abdol will show up and it'll be really sinister and then it looks like he's gonna attack Polarev and then he'll he'll spin around and magician's red cameo or something. I don't even know if it's gonna be that dramatic. I reckon it's just gonna be Abdul's there and he's looking really sinister and he's gonna turn around and go, ow, fucking. <laughs> he'll hit himself in the face and say, ow. <laughs> he'll he'll put his hand up to his chin and be like, well, you know. I'm not much of a threat anymore, or something. I, I can't think of a good one Like, You know, I'm... <laughs> yeah, that, that is the worst one <laughs> Hey, guys. I'm not much of a threat. Hey, Bruce Willis. I'm not much of a threat anymore. So you can kill me if you want to. <laughs> Who's he talking to? Bruce Willis. <laughs> Abdul? Abdul's talking to Bruce Willis. Yeah, sure. Why oh my not? Oh, God, Nick. Uh, been a long two weeks. <laughs> so, anyway... Abdul's going to show up and be like, hey, it's just me, regular old Abdul. I'm not much of a threat anymore. <laughs> I'm not much of a threat anymore because Polnareff didn't accept that he was dead. Or he's so Much fretful. of a threat to Polnareff, do you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then he'd be like, okay, I'm going to kill your dead sister. And <laughs> Sure. Okay. <laughs> Case <laughs> closed. Let's get on to Egypt. Yep. I'm um, made of clay now, but that's fine. Either that, or it's just like, oh no, how did this happen? He came into form, but it's really the real Abdul." Oh, and he uses, um, he uses the magical flames and magicians red to bake the clay and make it real. <laughs> ah, it makes sense now. If he puts the fiery passion into Abdul, Yeah, yeah. the human spirit. Yeah. The Promethean flame. So you think yeah. that's what they're gonna happen? Abdul is gonna show up and yeah. be like, Hey guys, I'm Abdol, check me out. Let's beat up this Dan guy and get onto Egypt. Yep. Yep. Uh Abdul's dad will just be like, What the fuck? You're not Abdol. You're a fake Abdol. Do you think what are your thoughts on um on if there is a stand user for judgment and who it is. Now, see, at first I thought it's just some random dude. Yep. But the f- like the more I think about it, the more genius it would be. Genius. Yes. See, now you're getting payback. <laughs> now you get the pay. Um, the it- tables have turned, Nicky boy. Oh, oh, oh. So I reckon it might actually be Abdul's dad. Oh yeah, he's like, I hate you for. He's basically doing what Enya did. <laughs> like, I hate you for killing my no, son. No, I reckon what it is is he's testing him. Oh. I heard that you were responsible for killing my son. Exactly. I need to see if it was your fault or exactly. if Exactly. Was... So Joseph's already told him. So he's going to beat him to death if he can. But if he can't, he'll be like, "Ha ha, you're all right, Polnareff. No, no, because manly the arm class. The secret is going to be: can you accept that he's dead? Right. Right. And then he's not dead because he was always just a sandman all along that I made. Oh, okay. <laughs> <You> know. Sure. There <laughs> <laughs> never, never was an have doll. <laughs> I was never married. I only have well, Michael. if you pay attention closely, you'll see that no one but Polarf ever talks to Abdel. <laughs> oh, no. You know, if there was a Sandman that I would ever fall in love with, it would be Abdul. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, that- so, anyway, it would basically come down to, it's either Abdel's dad or some random guy that's yeah. just, like, um, uh, the son. Arabia Fats. Yeah, Arabia Fats. How he's just there. It'd be something similar to that. Yeah, that's fair. Where he won't show up and just be like, yeah. And then it will be like, neat. huh, we beat up the stand. Where's the user? Oh, there he is with a piece of trash. Yeah. What an idiot. So something like that. Okay. More or less. Um, But I reckon, I reckon it's going to be Abdul's dad just to get that sweet narrative. Like, that's cool. I like that. Why did you make me go through this? It's like, because you needed to learn, Polnareff. Joseph told me. That you were not coping well. And what better way to learn coping... Yeah, Joseph was telling me about how this one night around this campfire, everyone was like, man, Polnareff's really not dealing with it well. So what better way to deal with it than force you into life or death combat with your dead sister and your ex-best friend? Best? Ex-sand friend. <laughs> sure. Ex-soily machination. Okay, Um, and Soil my final question yeah. is um after they've beaten... Yep. Judgment, they are moving on, continuing the quest. Mm-hmm. Two more episodes left in this season of the first half of the quest. Pre-Egypt. Yeah. Right. What do you think will happen there? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Keep if... in mind, you're basically answering the same question next week, so... Yeah. Okay. If, if, Avdol hasn't come back to life in this episode, he's going to come back to life in one of the next two. Okay. Okay. Right, I'm, just, I'm glad I'm, that we could just keep focusing on I'm whether or not Abdul's alive. Look, the conspiracy is alive. It needs to happen. It is, without a doubt, real. If there was one word that I would say to what Abdul is, it is real. Anyway, Moving on gonna, to that point, my question is more specifically about how... Where they're actually going to go? I mean, yes, because we know <laughs> that the only thing between them and Egypt now is the sea and they're on a boat. But we've already had a couple of boat battles. We have. I reckon it's going to be... Well, how far away is Egypt from the coast? I think it leads to the coast. Because it's um, a, it's right certain. near the Nile. Yeah. Isn't it? So they would have to travel down the Nile before they would reach Egypt, right? My geography isn't that strong, honestly. Okay, so it's right... Okay, I think they could go straight to Egypt. Yeah, so I reckon they're going to have to travel down the Nile in order to reach Egypt. Right. So there's probably going to be a guy hiding in the Nile. In the last two episodes of this Yep. Okay. So it's the final leg of the voyage. They've already reached, like, Egypt, the state. But they haven't reached Egypt, the city. Egypt is not a city. They haven't reached Egypt, the They haven't reached the place. area of Egypt they're trying to Yes, get. they haven't reached that bit of Egypt. So they're going to have to go down the Nile. Oh, uh, and so you think that after that, um, the next half of it will be sort of less travelling and more like, here's our Egypt base, let's find yeah. Dio. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot more like, we need clues to find Dio. Let's do some investigating. Exactly. Bail some stands on the way. Yeah. Detectives assemble Okay, great Now This brings us more or less To the end of our episode Just want to shout out to Some Listener correspondents Before we Oh shit, yeah Oh shit, we yeah We had a very nice shout out From fellow podcaster Patty Stardust The other day That I watched want to Want to return on the air So Pat Who Is one of the hosts Of the excellent Twin Humanities podcast Ooh, the excellent Twin Humanities podcast Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of Casually making my way Through the backlog And I've been enjoying it so far Excellent! Excellent! Tweeted a picture of himself wearing a shirt with Star Platinum on it, saying, "Heading home, listening to JoJo's podcast, wearing a JoJo shirt, living the dream." Thanks oh. a lot, Pat. Nice. You the real MVP here. Oh, so aren't I? Nick, I need any validation? Um, Pat, I'm sorry. I I thought you were the MVP, but it's come to light that you are not. Shocking turn of events. We will send you a fruit basket. I don't know what we'll led send to you it. a copy of Fruits Basket. The manga. Uh, it'll have two dictionaries in it. Just for you. I don't get it. Because um, when he hits a guy on the head... I haven't actually bed. read it. Oh. Well, basically, he walks in, hits a guy on the head, he's like, what have you got in there? A dictionary? He's like, no, I have two. Until next time. To be continued. No, it was really weird because it's like, you often get questions that are like, what would you do in an ethical sense? But that one was like, what would you do in this situation? Would you go to the scene... And then you go check it out yourself. Would you just trust the manufacturer? Would you get your lackeys to do it? I'll always get your lackeys to do yeah. it. Or would you just tell your boss and move on? You walk in like, oh. and you say to your lackeys. It's simple. We kill the Batman. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, I and know what you're thinking. They're like, Juice boss, I don't know if that's a good idea. He put Jimmy in the hospital whoa, whoa, whoa. last month. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You can't just kill the Batman. Unless, unless we kill the yeah. Batman. What if we do it? Even though if we and everyone else like us has never succeeded. Everyone who's ever gotten then will be together... the kings of this city. <laughs> everyone who's ever gotten back together always says they're different, and that's completely wrong. But I've got a good feeling about us because we're different. We can kill the Batman. As soon as they go to try to kill the Batman, Batman's like, "You're exactly the same as everyone else." And it's like, oh, but that was my entire argument. It's like, well, guess what? It was flawed! Okay, um, video games, Batman, Star Wars. Uh, hang on. I am the Senate. Okay. Well, we got that out of the way. checked them all off. Let's start the episode. Oh, shit.